What's up? What's up, Nick Eloper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because building your own income streams, that's the fast track to financial independence. A common theme on the show is, well, how do you make money online? Well, you do it by solving other people's problems. And we've got a really fun example of that today with an online business that helps people come up with gift ideas, something that I personally suck at. Uh, that business is giftlab.co. It's a five-year-old website that's already earned over $1.2 million in affiliate commissions as a part-time project for today's guest, Andrew Fieber. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me on, man. You bet. It's a long time coming. You might recognize the name. You might recognize the voice. Andrew co-hosted Listen Money Matters for years. Really fun podcast in the personal finance space. He's also the co-founder of a popular affiliate link management tool called Lasso, which you can find at getlasso.co. But uh, stick around in this one to learn how Andrew creates and monetizes his content and how you can follow some of the same best practices to get more traffic and revenue to your website. If you don't have a website of your own yet, fear not because SideHustleWebsite.com will show you the way. That's my free guide on how to get yourself online quickly and affordably. And if you do have a website already, congratulations. Make sure to grab my listener-only bonus for this week. That's three quick website optimizations that you can make today to get more traffic and conversions to your site. You'll find both of those resources at SideHustleNation.com slash GiftLab, or just follow the handy little link in the episode description of your podcast app. But Andrew, it's been years since we last caught up, and I didn't even realize that you had, I thought it was like, listen, money matters and lasso. I didn't realize you had this gifting site. So talk me through the like inspiration, the idea to, to start something brand new when you already had these other things going. Yeah. So we, we kept it private for about five years because we were, we were like, Oh my God, why is no one doing this? And it was just lucrative. And so, so we were kind of like quiet about it because I thought someone would come and steal the idea. And it really was born out of building listen, money matters. Like, I would do a lot of keyword research and my wife, Laura, would do a lot of keyword research. And we sometimes stumble upon things for Listen Money Matters that were like really, really good ideas because they were like low difficulty, high volume. And then she somehow stumbled into gift things. And the difficulty for like thousand, multi-thousand volume terms was like zero, one. Some of them had like no results that were even remotely relevant. And uh, so we just kind of threw our hat in and gave it a shot. Interesting. So this is kind of the bread and butter of the site is gift ideas for you know, fill in the blank type of person, long tail keyword search term. <laughs> Dolphin lovers, 13 year old boys. Yeah. Yeah. I am on 25 possum gift ideas for a rocking dog mom right now. <laughs> uh, just, to, just to give you an example of like the type of content that's on the site and I mean, this is a project that is somewhat near and dear to my heart because this is one of the ideas that I chalk up as a side hustle failure in probably 2007, 2008. I don't know. I registered the domain gift ideas for us and it was going to be gift ideas for us teachers, gift ideas for us engineers. And it was like this grand idea that I had and never anything with it because uh, like I mentioned in the intro, I suck at coming up with gift ideas. Like I'm, this is just not <laughs> a strong part. Like I had no business running the site, even though the, uh, and I d- didn't know anything compared to what I know now about online business and affiliate marketing and SEO. And so it just never 
went anywhere. So congratulations for you taking action on this idea that never went anywhere <laughs> for me and actually doing something with it. So that's that's fantastic. So you mentioned the keyword research. People are going to be asking, well, what, what tools uh, do you like on that front? So since the early days, uh, well, but my, my history before I did this whole online business thing, I was a data engineer. And so numbers like speak to me, I did a personal finance podcast. And so I love ARFs. Um, and maybe the biggest travesty of all is that there was never an affiliate program for them while I was around because boy, have, have I talked about them. Yeah. Is there one now? <laughs> like they, and they got rid of their $7 trial. Like, yeah, it's, they're, they're the market leader and, and behaving like one. Yeah. I mean, they don't need to have affiliates. We talk about them anyways. Well, that brings me to, okay. So Ahrefs, uh, as a keyword research tool, uh, lots of alternatives out there. Including Rank IQ and Uber Suggest and keywords everywhere. Yes. We love Ahrefs because of the keyword difficulty piece as like a proxy for like the, if we think we could even rank. And, and our, our thesis is to avoid competition at all costs, which is why we have opossum gifts and dolphin lover gifts and stuff like that. <laughs> well, we're going to take the time to write this article that nobody else has. <laughs> and hopefully no one will. And, and nobody ever will because it's so random. Okay, so the keyword difficulty is the primary metric. Is there is there a minimum search? Like, how many people are looking for gifts for dolphin lovers? So in the beginning, we would not do anything that was less than a thousand volume or anything higher than ten keyword difficulty. And then as we built, we realized that uh, you know we'd be ranking say, and I don't know the number specifically for dolphin lovers, but maybe it gets like five, six thousand visits a month on a 1000 a month term. And we realized like the long tail is actually so much bigger than the head term. And so and there were so many more keywords in search console than even appeared in Ahrefs. Yeah. And so we kind of looked downward because, uh, you know, it's like say 300 volume. As we built the site, we learned that if it was very specific, like dolphin lovers, or if it had a number in it with, for an age, like 13 year old boys, six year old girls, the conversion rates were just insane. And so we would eat almost any volume in those realms, given low you know, difficulty. Right. And they've added kind of like the traffic potential to try and compensate for that. Like, yeah, only a thousand people search for this every month. But, you know, with all the aggregate long tail terms and semantic keywords that you're likely to also pull in traffic for, you know, the estimated volume is 4,000 or something if you hit this right. Yeah. Um, and so I've seen, I've seen the same thing. So that's interesting to hear. And like you said, it's you know, very, <laughs> if it's that crazy long tail targeted, the conversion rates are awesome. So that makes, that makes sense. And Rank IQ has added that kind of traffic potential estimate in there as well, in addition to just, um, you know, giving you the volume metric. And the intent is so high with some of these keywords. So during Christmas, like a, 15 to 20% of visitors will actually buy something through a list. There'll be like five purchases per one that's on the site. And so like getting the right keyword intent, whatever is just so important. And then creating the list is easy. And so it was just all about almost like what not to create. Like we wouldn't create Christmas gifts for mom because then I'm going to have to compete with like parade.com or, you know, the New York times or something. And, Okay, but going out with like a specific type of mom would be more in your wheelhouse. <laughs> mom with curly hair. <laughs> okay, I guess we had a curly hair blogger on the. So he was doing like 
six or eight grand a month, like from her current oh, wow. blog. And it's like, yeah, there's a niche for everything. I love it. Um, <laughs> okay. But looking for the primarily like this low difficulty or low competition. And that's kind mm-hmm. of a unicorn that everybody's like, wow, I want to find high volume, low competition keywords. And you're saying, Hey, they're still out there. It's still a matter. Are you actively building out new content for the site? Or is it kind of a matter of refreshing the old posts and making sure that stuff is in stock and all that uh, kind of maintenance uh, work? So we're publishing new things. We spend a ton of time like improving our lists. We have like a whole data-driven process where over the years, just millions of people have visited the site. And so we use their clicks kind of as votes. And then we continually like reorganize the lists based on what people are clicking on, which is what we assume what they want. And so then the lists become more helpful. Then they also convert better. We've actually like declined in traffic, been able to but been able have been able to grow revenue just because we've been really refining the lists. And um, it takes about half as much time to refine a list as create a new one. Okay, I want to get your take on this. So you're reorganizing the posts to feature the gift ideas that get the most clicks up at the top. Mm-hmm. And then like, do you ever fear like, well, now... Now that's like a high bounce rate because now everybody's like, you know, they scroll just past the fold and then they're off and they're off the site. And it's like, that's a win for me as an affiliate because now I'm getting the click and hopefully the commission from that. But like, does that send a bad signal to the search engines at all? <laughs> um, also, there's there's a good time on page. There's good pages per visit. So, you know, I think one of the reasons we won with a low DR, we didn't build links, is because it's just very well interlinked. Um, but we're serving the intent. People want to find their gift. And so I think the contrast is maybe, you know, we're sending them to Amazon or Etsy or whatever, but they're not clicking back to Google. And if they went back to the SERPs because it wasn't serviced, or even if they didn't hit the back button, they opened a new tab and searched the same thing. Google knows who they are. And so that's a signal that we didn't, you know, solve it for them. And so if we can get them the gift for their mom or whatever, I think that's the ultimate you know, solving of intent there. Okay. Do you remember in the early days of the site, like how long it took or how many articles that you published before you started to see what in your mind was a a little bit of traction to say, okay, I think there's something here. I think this is going to work. Yeah. You know, whether it was with Listen Money Matters or Gift Lab, I would always joke like, you know, in the early days, an hour of my time would be worth like negative $10. Like I'd literally like lose money by spending time on it. Eventually, you know, you get to like a penny an hour and then, you know, it kind of grows. The first year we didn't make anything. The second year we made a a little over $9,000. My wife was putting a lot of time in. I was putting a lot of time in. And then I think it was like about 40. And then it was really just, it kind of multiplied after that. So it was... Both with Listen My Matters and Gift Lab, year three was like the inflection point where, ah, this is a business, not something that's just like a super time suck. What gave you the confidence to keep going in in really both of those cases? Because I think at the end of year one, seeing zero dollars, I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, this is just not, this is just not going to work. Well, one, I'm a, I'm a very stubborn guy. So, you know, giving up is not, you know, that means I'm wrong, I guess. But uh, we, I remember doing the podcast with Matt and, um, you know, there's all these people that we thought were our competitors who we were watching and, um, you know, they'd be like doing really well. And then they disappeared. And, and really early on with Listen Money Matters realized that business, or an online business, it's like oh, this war of attrition 
where a lot of times you almost win by continuing to show up and, and staying at it. You know, like your show and the business you built is amazing, but also because you just lasted so long, it is now just a, a mainstay where if you gave up on year one or year two, who could have said what at year nine it would have been, you know? Right. Yeah. And there's something to that. Simon Sinek would call it the infinite game where the goal really isn't to win or lose. The goal is to keep playing the game. Like, yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I have it um, very grateful to have been able to keep playing for, for all these years. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so where do we go from here? So we got this initial traction, took a long time to kind of ramp that up, continuing to invest in content. You brought up Matt, your co-host from Listen Money Matters, who has been on the show several times. I think most recently, he was very outspoken against the future of affiliate marketing and saying like, look, um, <laughs> we had, we, in the context of we had a, a guest on who had a, a houseplant blog and he was you know, linking to the, the tools and resources that he liked in addition to like a handful of his own products. And Matt's advice was, look, you really need to double down on creating your own products. That's what he was doing at Swim University. I, I don't trust Amazon as far as I can throw them, which is not very far. Like they just make these decisions. The writing's on the wall, like the affiliate program is going away. Like, you know, you have this business that is, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month reliant on Amazon commissions. What's your take on that? So affiliate marketing, uh, it's an $8 billion spend a year business. And if you look at the graph, it's just up and to the right, kind of, um, if you look at any of these like businesses like ConvertKit or, you know, you pull these graphs out over time and they kind of all look the same. It's growing. 
really it's growing because it's no risk for the advertiser and it's it's a value chain so you start your business and you move up the value chain ads you know display ads they're dumb you know you just slap them in you don't even know what they're going to show but they pay the lowest you know and if if you had an automated ad in your podcast it wouldn't pay as much as if you spoke it yourself and it was something relevant but Matt is also not wrong that ultimately as you move up the value chain you should create your own product. There's more money in your own product. It's also way more difficult. And you have to have an even better understanding of your audience to make a product that people actually want. It's not easy. And so Matt made a bunch of products that are really good, but it took him about a decade to really understand the thing. So it it was like sure. he created a course. It took him a week but he also spent a decade becoming an expert at audio, video, building online businesses, understanding the things. It's like the uh, the whole thing where someone wants Da Vinci, you know, Leonardo Da Vinci, to draw them a picture, and uh, so he takes a piece of paper and he draws a circle, and it's a perfect circle, you know, and, and it's like he wants some insane amount of money for it. And they're like, what do you mean? It's a circle. It took and it took you two seconds to draw. He's like, no, it took me decades to be able to draw a perfect circle in two seconds. And so there's a bit of, Matt's right, but I think it would be a lie to say that there's not an enormous amount of money available for people who want to do affiliate marketing. We've made millions. Yeah. In the case of Amazon specifically though, I mean, we just mentioned, hey, Ahrefs doesn't have an affiliate program and they don't need it because they're the market leader. Do you see Amazon going down that same path? So interestingly, for this Christmas season, Amazon has doubled their payouts because perhaps they're realizing that we do want people to promote us over someone else. So maybe it was a failed experiment on their part. But one of the things that we do at Lasso is we help people right-size their revenue. And so we can see when certain products are converting better and and say like, hey, replace this Amazon product with this Walmart or, or whatever. And so I think the future is not guaranteed to Amazon. I think someone who wants to buy a microphone to do a podcast and, and it's going to be a, say a road microphone, you know, they're going to buy it from a retailer. Could be Amazon, could be Walmart, you know, Best Buy. There's a lot of people out there. Okay. So not something you're losing sleep over in the near term. <laughs> they, I, they pay us an enormous amount of money and it, it's grown every year. So no, it, I'm not really very concerned. And that's good. And I've heard that, you know, the more that you earn on a monthly basis, like the more scrutiny that your account is under, like once you hit $1,000 a month, like all of a sudden, hey, you know, maybe we're going to have somebody take a look and make sure you are, you know, in compliance with all the random little terms and conditions that nobody ever read. So make sure you read those. And make sure uh, as you're scaling up that Amazon Associates business that that you are playing by their rules just so they don't have an occasion to uh, to boot you out there. Um, you did mention link building in that you don't do it, but mm. I imagine it's got to be some effort uh, towards building links for this site to be able to to rank. Or it's just like, hey, you know, these nobody, nobody else on the Internet had written this article about gifts for dolphin lovers. So, you know, by default, we were number one. The internet's a weird place. And, you know, we had created this thing on the four gift rule. Uh, it got a link from the New York Times through no effort of our own, you know, and it just kind of existed. You know, Listen Money Matters just by existing. And I, I just really think if you create something that people need and want and, and is, is good, uh, it will just get links. And I think 
as time goes on, it really means less and less. All of their updates aren't around your backlink profile. They're about helpful content and the way you're portraying products on your site. And then they're all quality indicators, which are independent of links. So it sounds like you have a couple different types of content. You have these big lists of gift ideas, but then you also have content about gifting itself, like the four gift rule and other stuff like that. Is there a rule of thumb that you try and follow there? Like we're going to have informational content versus commercial, you know, buyer intent content. We started with info content and, and we got some links or whatever, but uh, we, we actually gave up on it pretty quickly and just created essentially commercially driven content because it was working. It was ranking faster and it was driving more people than the info content. And that's where all the money came from. So are you doing anything with display ads? I've got, you know, on this rockin', you know, gift ideas for the rockin' dog mom. I don't see any display ads on here. We have no display ads. We, early on with Listen Money Matters, made a decision that we were going to control the experience. And if there were products or calls to action put in front of our visitors, they were going to be ones that we intentionally put there. And I think, you know, at scale, that's why, you know, look, if, if you just want to like, uh, put five minutes in and make money with affiliate marketing, like it's really going to be very difficult. But I think if you intentionally kind of do this and then you build your site in this way, instead of sending them to some banner ad, they will come and they will sign up for the financial product that we promote on Listen Money Matters. They will buy the gift that we recommend or one of the many gifts on another list. Because during Christmas, if I ran display ads in Gift Lab, I'm willing to bet other gift items are going to be competing with the ones on my list, only they'll be in the display ad. And on the display, I'll get $30 per thousand visits. And through my affiliate links, I'll get closer to $100 per thousand visits. And so I need to know the gifts and put them in front of you know our, my visitors, not like outsource it to Mediavine. Yeah, I mean, it's one of these things that, uh, I mean, you can find data to support whatever opinion you want on the internet, but you know, there's at least some studies that will say, hey, adding ads to your affiliate content, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't hurt your RPMs, it doesn't hurt conversion rates, it's just like people learn to, you know, people expect ads on YouTube, they expect ads on the internet. It's something you ever tested? So it's something I tweeted about, and I think some people were interested we're still discussing. We got accepted to Mediavine. We're debating if this Christmas season we give it a try. I think it'd be a good case study for Lasso. Honestly, I do suspect you're right that uh, if you if we added ads to Gift Lab, it wouldn't really meaningfully change affiliate revenue. Yeah, maybe it's not a full thirty percent, you know, revenue bump, but maybe it's fifteen or twenty. And like, okay, you know. I don't know. I and I say this as someone who doesn't have any ads on Site Hustle Nation either for that for that reason. Like I just don't want them cluttering up the site and worrying about loading all these extra scripts and everything. So I'm you know, I'm, I'm with you, but I, I'm tempted to test it out, especially on some of the more informational content that doesn't have a, a lot of you know commercial intent. We'll have to report back on that. <laughs> Deal. Yeah, talk to me on the content writing side of things, because a lot of these articles, uh, they're not signed by you as the author. They're um, you know other people on your team, outsource content writing, or even in-house content writing. But talk to me about kind of that, that process of assigning an article, you know, from, you know, what the keyword research pointed us in this direction to saying, well, here's what we're going to have to create, you know, word count wise, 
value-wise to, uh, to having something that's ready to be published? Yeah. So um, our first site was Listen Money Matters, and it was personal finance content. So it was really rigorous or, or the bar was very high. And so our process was born out of that and then carried to Gift Lab, carried to, to Lasso. But basically, we follow essentially like the checklist manifesto, right? So we, you know, me, my wife, or, you know, our head of growth for that business will do the keyword research. We will look at the top, you know, 10, 20 posts, kind of like get an impression on the intent or what we think is expected from the results. We'll maybe take the top three or whatever that we like those links and we'll put it in an Asana card so that the writer will have a reference of these. To say like this is this is what we're shooting for. Like this is this is an example yeah. that's well done. Okay. Usually, usually the wording's like it's like like this, but ten times better. You know, or sure. like this with this section from this thing and this. You know, and so it's uh, like when we made Gift Lab and, and the way the gift list looks in and of itself, it's it's original. But all of the components were good ideas we stole from other people's sites, and so then it's just like the sum of the parts, and so you know. The actual assembly of the content is that. And then we have like run it through clear scope, you know, has to be, you know, 95 or up on Grammarly. Sorry, what's, what's a uh, clear scope? I'll pause you there. So, uh, maybe another one you heard of is market muse. It's like a competitor, but basically clear scope. When I first learned about it blew my mind. Um, and we, we've been customers of them for, you know, five plus years at this point. Google has an NLP API. And what that means is if you say went to like a Google home and at, said, Hey, Google, what's the weather? Google knows that you mean the weather today and the weather where you currently are and not, you know, somewhere else. It's basically deriving meaning from your words. And you can push text through this API and Google will tell you what it thinks it understands from this text. And so what ClearScope does is when you put in a keyword, say gifts for dolphin lovers or, you know, best credit cards for moms, and it will go to the top 30 results for that keyword, pump all of them through the NLP API, tell you the things you, it thinks the article should contain, the keywords, the reading level length. And so what happens is our writers write their article first, then we push a clue through clear scope. And it's, it's usually like a, a shifting process. They usually get it like 80, 85% right, but they may mention, say I'm listening to my matters. They may mention the word market a lot, but that's not really clear if you're, you know, a new person to personal finance. You should say the stock market. That's more comprehensive, more clear. It's an easier understand. And so you can say market sometimes, but you should at least mention stock market in the beginning. And so ClearScope provides like a, a guardrail around things like this. So maybe your expert understanding of an idea doesn't take it out of grasp of a normal visitor. Okay. That's interesting. I, that's a new tool for me. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And then it was uh, Grammarly uh, to do the, the grammar check. Uh, what, what after that? Clear scope, Grammarly will build a minimum of 10 internal links from other posts pointing to your new post. Correct. So we'll find places. We have a related post thing at the bottom of all of our sites. So we'll add like a tag that kind of like links it all up, kind of like inducted into the site. Like it's not this like orphaned thing, you know, added to a category, just kind of like 
and I think a lot of it is, you know, make sure it has X amount of images and that the images aren't just like BS stock images, but they actually add value and things like that. Okay. And it's like you're pulling product images through Amazon Associates? Sometimes. Sometimes we try and take our own photos or we find it from a non-Amazon site or we just like, you could take an image from Amazon, put into Google image search and find another. Because part of it is if you're using the exact same image that everyone else is using, you're not really differentiated. And so it's, and maybe it's not even the best one, you know, but yeah, some of them are literally exact Amazon images. Are your internal links in the content of the article or just solely on these like related posts down at the bottom? Both. So in the header paragraph, paragraphs, in the item descriptions, and then the related pieces at the bottom. And we, we try to be mindful of not being like too on the nose with the keywords we use. Or if we're going to internal link and say it's like gifts for moms, it's not like gifts for moms, gifts for moms, gifts for moms. Like it's, you know, differentiated. It's, it's more natural. You know, we don't want to Google to think that we're like trying so hard for this thing. It, it, it's like over-optimized. It doesn't, it's not for people. Okay. So minimum of 10 internal links, just so this is not like an, a standalone, you know, a piece of content on an island. Like, okay, it's integrated into the rest of the site. What's a typical, you know, cost to create an article like this? Or is that the wrong question? Like if somebody's in-house to your team? No, that's not a wrong question. Um, and, and this is something that we have belabored over, over the years. On Listen Money Matters, the content that is created ranges from 225 to 450, depending on the post. 450 being a product review because it's just really difficult, takes a long time, requires just a lot of, of effort. There's compliance things usually. Um, for a gift list, it ranges between hourly from someone on the team, which is 20 to 25 an hour and, and a new list. It's probably two to three hours to 225 from like our people have been with us for like literally a decade across our businesses. And it's kind of like they deserve it. But yeah. And then like updating a post, that's like one to two hours again. And that's just an hourly thing. So creating a gift list is usually sub 200, probably around a hundred and editing it uh, or updating. It's probably about like 50. Okay. That's helpful to kind of get a sense of, okay, you know, if, if you're doing it yourself, you like the content is free, right? Like my, and you mentioned, oh, my first years of blogging, it was so far below minimum wage. It's, you know, yeah. funny. <laughs> but at a certain point, like, okay, I don't need to be the one creating all this content all the time. So recognizing that it has a time and it has a cost associated with it. Is there a rule of thumb as far as your projected break-even point, time to turn a profit on an article basis? I kind of liken blogging to, uh, you have this like bag of seed and you're just grabbing fistfuls and you're throwing the seed out there. And when you start, you know, 80% are landing on the street or the sidewalk or, you know, you know, a bird's eating it. And as you get better, you're like, Oh, I need to put it on the grass or, you know, I need to put it in dirt. And so I think a lot of like the research and prep orients us towards that. And then the more confidence we have in our publishing process for that site and our ability to rank. You know, I feel like we're able to pay more or, or rather scale the team better. Some things are just going to miss. And the, oftentimes things that miss are better than the things that hit and rank. 
And so we, we try and think less about like every article's ROI than how do we get more hits and how do we make sure that, you know, 80% of what we create is, is profitable, say within the first like year, year and a half. And then after that, I mean, it's, it's all margin. So it's really about like, how do we land as many of those seeds as possible in fertile soil? Right. That's, that's the other piece of the pie here is like, well, you know, we could spend money creating all these articles that never make it past the top of page two. And you're like, well, great. Nobody is ever going to see those. <laughs> it's like playing almost like mini venture capitalist. Like, okay, I'm going to put a bunch of money on, you know, spread across 10 different bets. Hopefully your odds are better than a typical VC. And like you can land five or eight of them on the first page. And then, you know, you can kind of track their expected revenue or, or uh, affiliate commissions from there. I was just, I don't know, you, you seem very dialed in on the numbers. I was like, nope, you know, after, after six months, everything is gravy, but it's like, like, okay, after a year, year and a half, you know, we have broken even on that article. And, you know, meanwhile, we already have our whole backlog of archive content that is spinning and generating traffic and revenue for us. It's a multi-phase process. So the first is, you know, you create, you publish, and then like, I don't know, hopefully the Google gods giveth. Um, yeah. give it you traffic. And then if it is getting traction, then it, it falls into our optimization process where we'll start to look at it. What are the keywords that it is hitting? Does it need to be shifted slightly? You know, if it's a gift list, we reorient items. And so there are things that we create that I believe are excellent things that we paid, you know, on List My Maris, $450 for excellent. And they get nothing ever. They're just relegated to the page 100 of Google. And so then that was, that was a bad bet, clearly. But if it starts to get traction, then it attracts our, our attention and we try and lean into what is working. And do you find this content is a little bit more evergreen? I remember at a time when Listen Money Matters was dominating the personal finance search results. And it doesn't seem to be as visible anymore. It's like just because, and I'll look up, you, you know, you name the keyword in the personal finance space and almost every single one of those articles in the top 10 has a timestamp within the last 30 days. It's like this, you know, I liken it to kind of painting the Golden Gate Bridge, you know, going back and updating the top 25, 50 posts. It's like, by the time you get done with it, it's time to start back over. And it gets <laughs> to be quite, quite tedious. Like it's a, you built the self, you built yourself a monster that uh, takes quite a bit of time to maintain. Yeah, you get trapped within. I mean, I loved the whole coming of age of Listen My Matters and the building of it. And, but we kind of became trapped in that sense. And it was brutally competitive. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with GitHub or, or what, like, say, a, a code differential would look like. That's how I imagine Google views it. And so you can't just like hit update and change the date. You have to like make meaningful changes. Google will see what is changing and, you know, that is not super exciting. And so we started building other businesses. The ones that didn't work are dead, but Lasso took off. And so the drawing of attention there took our attention from updating. And um, as you would hope with a personal finance topic, I mean, I'm mourning the slow, drawn-out death of Listen Money Matters, but we weren't working on it. So, you know, it it slid, slid, slid. Mm. Well, I know your podcast audience is ready for you to come back on the air. So just, I'll, I'll plant that seed. Well, I still get emails and tweets and uh, the, the show has over 25 million downloads. Yeah, it's huge. 
Yeah. So there's there's people there, you know, ready for the, when you're hit, ready to hit the airwaves again. <laughs> One of the toughest parts about starting and growing your business is figuring out how to build relationships. As you know, people are more likely to buy from and do business with people they know, like, and trust. But when it comes to networking, where do you start? And what if you're more introverted like me? What if you're more wallflower than social butterfly? Well, there's a recent episode of a great podcast called This is Small Business that walks you through how to figure this stuff out. The episode is called How Networking Can Help You Build and Grow Your Business. And inside, you'll learn practical tips on how to build business relationships that don't feel so transactional. A couple parts I liked in particular were how to break into those uh, tight little circles at networking events where you're kind of standing around awkwardly on the outside, and then what you should say in a follow-up email to somebody that you meet there. This is Small Business answers a ton of these questions that all entrepreneurs have, like how to use social media to grow your business, how to find your ideal price point, how to know when you're ready to launch your product, and tons more. So give it a follow. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. That means whether you're just starting out or your side hustle is already growing like crazy, Squarespace takes all things website-related and makes them easy. I want to highlight a few Squarespace features for you. One I knew about and a couple I didn't. First off, where Squarespace really shines is this huge library of professional website templates. That means you're not starting from scratch because they've got designs for every category and use case that you can customize to fit your unique needs so your business stands out online. That was the thing I knew about. Second one was new to me, and that's their online store functionality. Whether you're selling physical or digital products or a service, Squarespace has got the tools you need to start selling online. And third is their email campaigns. They make it easy to collect email subscribers from your site and drive engagement and sales through Squarespace email campaigns, and you can track the results of every send with built-in analytics. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash side hustle to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash side hustle. Talk to me uh, about a little bit more about this optimization process. So I've got, so I've got this page, it's gotten, you know, a, a, whatever the bare minimum is, you know, 500 visits this month, a thousand visits this month. I can see that people are clicking my affiliate links, in, you know, to the point where I have some data here. I've got some data in Search Console to say, oh, it was also pulling in impressions for this keyword. Like, talk to me about what is going through to try and either improve the rankings or improve the revenue per, you know, revenue per visit on that page. So for the the gift lists, it's really straightforward in that um, if someone is clicking on the links to the products, then we have the right products on the page. And if they are not, the wrong products are on the page. And Part of why we built Lasso is to track this stuff. And so Lasso will tell you the things that are being clicked. And we would basically put, you know, export that from uh, Google Analytics, give it to a writer, and we would rank sort it. So um, the top ones would get moved to the top of the page, uh, you know, at, and then it would kind of like sit down, shift down. And if it was like, um, it would be like a percentage of clicks is the, what we would look at. Like, so maybe a page got a hundred clicks. And if this one link got 20% of those clicks, well, that's number one. And if it was none or below, like, uh, I think we generally do like a 5% thing. We would just pull it off the list and we would just try a new item. Uh, cause it was, it was performing so poorly. And so it was, 
And then it's like a new description, a new item. So it's really fresh in terms of like Google's eyes of like the content is becoming fresher. Yeah, that's actually, that's helpful to see. So you know, if, if there are, you know, items on this best gift ideas for dog moms that nobody is clicking on, like, well, clearly it's not relevant because this is really high search intent uh, type of keyword anyways, or high commercial intent type of keyword. Let's let's swap it out, try for something else. So it's being updated in that sense. And I've got, I should probably do this for some of my articles. Like, well, you know, I know what is getting clicks because that's what's driving commissions, but I've never looked at the super granular level, like to say, well, you know, three or four scrolls down, nobody's clicking on number 17 on this. <laughs> you know, maybe we ought to update that with a different suggestion or something. And the cool thing is, is one, we could, we could rank by clicks, but then when people go to Amazon, you see what they actually buy. And a lot of what they buy is not even on our lists. We're like, oh, everyone winds up buying like last, I think it was last Christmas, a Snoop Dogg had like a cookbook or something. Didn't exist anywhere on Gift Lab, but we sold so many of them that we literally added to ourselves. Like people want it. Like we're crazy to not add it to the site, you know, and things that just kind of win get added to other lists. So you start to learn. And so it's like, the hope is you have good taste to start, but once you get a bunch of people there, you know, the crowd determines the taste. That's an, especially for an Amazon site that, you know, the 24 hour cookie year, you get like credit for the shoal shopping cart is one of the coolest features. I always love scrolling through and be like, what random things did people buy from, <laughs> my, uh, you know, my, I link to like books and maybe like podcast equipment. Like I don't have a ton of Amazon uh, links, but it's like always interesting to see what people have acquired through those links. Right. And, and usually it's more not on the site than when we even have on the site. It's insane. Yeah. It's like the whole goal of trying to be, you know, set that cookie, get somebody over to Amazon, get, get credit for that whole, um, that whole basket. Do you remember this is one of like these like super genius ideas? It was a filler item. I think it was like filleritem.com or something back in the day when you had to have 25 bucks for minimum shipping. And so it, you would punch in, you know, I have $23.75 in my cart and it would tell you, the uh, you know the cheapest items that you could get to add to your cart to get free shipping, and this guy would set his affiliate cookie and like you know just pulled from the you know product catalog API or whatever. It's like oh, this is like a genius idea, but that's brilliant. I don't think that, that exists anymore. <laughs> this was like early early days of of Amazon, way before uh, way before Prime. Okay, no, that's that's all cool stuff. Uh, wh- where do you? So you're not doing the podcast, but you're managing these sites. You got the software business uh, with Lasso. What's what's a day in the life? I know you got you got kids. Um, what's what's a day in the life uh, these days? Yeah, so uh, a big part of it, and I'm, I'm sure you know, it's just showing up. So every day, arrive at the desk at the same time. Kind of know what I'm going to do. Hopefully, something magical happens. A lot of time, <laughs> not the case. You know, I show up for that one rare magical moment. But uh, last was going really quickly. So you know, it's managing the team, kind of planning where we're going investor updates and stuff and just uh, looking at what, like listening to our customers. I think the the one thing that I learned from Listen Money Matters and just kind of doing this stuff is your audience, your customers, they have all of the answers. And if you could just like take all of their ideas and put it into a system and then let like that be votes, the ones that you should do just kind of rise to the top. Like they all, you know, demand the same thing. We, we built lasso and we were not going to add comparison tables and our customers demanded it. So we did. But yeah, it's, it's running the team and 
my, my kids are just at past toilet training. So it was that, you know, cleaning piss off the floor. It's just, it's magical. <laughs> Somebody referred to it as the, uh, you know, the golden age or the magic years or something like post diapers and pre driver's license. That sounds like you're <laughs> just at the very start of that. So, um, enjoy. <laughs> Uh, but talk me through Lasso. So, you know, listeners will be familiar with Pretty Link as an affiliate link, you know, cloaking tool, redirect tool, which I understand is, you know, part of the feature set. But what else is going on here? It seems like there's a lot under the hood. So, when we were building Listen Money Matters, Pretty Link's AWP were, were there, uh, but neither filled our needs. Uh, and they're, they're like products that were really um, good. I'm, I mean, they're, they're solid base products, but they haven't been meaningfully developed in, I don't know, like a decade. Yeah. And so they're like, so old internet and we needed to be able to monetize at scale. Or if we built a relationship, you know, months after we published a post, easily find where those opportunities are on our site, like flip a switch. And now all of a sudden, Betterment makes money across hundreds of articles versus like paying someone to go and try and find where and, product data for things like Chewy or or Amazon, obviously, or or other retailers. And so it's a bunch of, you know, if a product is out of stock, so it's just a bunch of automations and things that allows you to spend more time writing and creating and and running the business than like admin monetization work. You go and you sign up, like, listen, my matters, we mentioned hosting because we'd have guests on or whatever. And if you could just in our tool, put in WP Engine or hosting, find all the reference points of that, and then easily flip some of them, not all, because that'd be kind of low quality, but some of them to monetize links. You know, it's like a five minute task instead of like a hunt around for hours. So it really took a lot of the effort out of monetization for us, which is, which is why we built it. So this is for somebody who has an established site. I mean, what's the, what's the primary use case that like new customers come to you for? Yeah. So I would say our, our ideal customers, uh, they're getting at least 2000 organic visits a month. They have a bunch of posts published. Maybe they only make money on display ads. I think at that point in your business, you're, you're going to realize that display ads are just, it's going to be very difficult to feed your family on display ads. And so you're looking to kind of move up the value chain and make more money per visit, essentially. And so that's where we thrive. A lot of it, you know, while the tool is awesome, and I believe second to none, all of our reviews are about the team because we really like lean in head, neck, full body into helping you earn more on your site. We've seen thousands of sites at this point, sites that get millions of organic a month. In a sense, we help you uh, identify your opportunities and then just make the most of them. Yeah. What may be most uh, appealing for me is knowing which links are actually making money. So I use the same pretty link across every post <laughs> across the whole site. And it's like, I could see that that affiliate partner made commissions throughout the month, but like, I don't really know. I mean, I could see what posts got the most traffic and estimate it probably came from there, but I don't really know. And so like being able to get some more granular data on performance would be compelling. Yeah. So um, one, we integrate with Google Analytics. And so we could tell you what posts, what links are generating that. Uh, And we actually have an early beta of what we were calling performance, which is essentially page level, link level revenue 
because a lot of what happened when we built our sites, it was like uh, superstition drove our decisions. We're pretty sure this is what works. This article, I'm pretty sure that's the one that's driving revenue. And so we'll do things like that. And as you grow, a lot of the wins when you get bigger are, are truly learning what works. And so last was build around those best practices and help surface those answers on your site. So you could just like do more of what's working and less like guessing, throwing random buttons in places, hoping people click them. <laughs> yes. I mean, if, if you're not guessing, are you really doing it right? That seems like <laughs> that's <just> right. <laughs> throwing, like I said, throwing those seeds on the sidewalk. Some of them are going to land. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, are you doing any paid traffic or all, all organic all the time? All organic all the time. Paid sounds expensive. <laughs> oh, well, sure. But like if you have, you know, page level linked, like if you have the data to say, okay, this was profitable ad spend. Like that's something that, that pops to mind with, uh, with something like this. Now I can confidently say, well, I can take up more screen real estate on the first page. Like if you're doing AdWords for some of these like long tail gift posts, you have to be careful with it. Cause if, if they go too broad, of course they'll blow through your whole budget. But that was something that came to mind as, as a use case. It's very hard with affiliate marketing to buy ads and then make money on the affiliate links. One, because there's a lot of other people trying to do this. Two, because you have to have like your measuring really nailed down. And we've even done it with Lasso and we've made money because we know the value of our customer. But what we've learned is whatever money we'd spend towards ads, like in the long term, it's so much more effective to put that back into building the business and the things that work than trying to just like juice it you know, for this month. And so while, while we occasionally cave and buy Google ads, we, we really just kind of try and reinvest in the business and what's working or in organic content um, that we think would rank because free traffic has an infinite ROI, you know, and it's really easy to calculate. <laughs> yes, that's fair. I didn't, I didn't spend any money. Well, excited for the <laughs> cost to create it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Anything that we missed? Anything you would do uh, differently if you were starting a, a new site today? So what we're seeing today and, and what I would recommend is like uh, niche down to such a ridiculous level and know that you're not necessarily pigeonholed there. You know, uh, one of the like examples is like uh, Amazon started selling only books and then they kind of grew to other things. They didn't start selling everything. Facebook was just for college students and I think if you're going to be a personal finance website and cover all of personal finance, you're never going to win because the competition is insane. But if you could be four college kids that are in debt and trying to be doctors, you know, now we're hitting on something that will speak to people and can gain traction and eventually you can expand. And so it's, I think when Nick, when me and you started, it was, it was easier uh, but the answer is just to be more specific. Get your wins and then go wide. Yeah, that's fair. One of the affiliate models that comes to mind, or really online business models that comes to mind of people having success starting uh, relatively recently is what we've called the Fin versus Fin model, uh, which is what I've called it the modern comparison shopping site. You know, brand A versus brand B and trying to escape where the puck is going in terms of brands that, you know, have just scored some venture capital. So you know they're going to be pumping money into user acquisition and brand awareness. You know there's going to be some search intent coming down the road, even if this tool say, you know, zero search volume today. We've seen some people do hmm. that well in the in personal finance and like in fintech, but also in 
you know, wellness and uh, fitness and, you know, some of these up and coming brands as a, um, as a potential food for thought um, affiliate That's model. a brilliant idea. I never even considered that. Yeah. I mean, if they land a couple million in funding, there's going to be volume there and they're going to pay you for it. Yeah. But that was one that has done well. Um, we have interviews with the Finn versus Finn guys and a follow up with them. And then um, uh, Tammy Smith, a fit, healthy mama, I want to say it was her site was another example um, of somebody who kind of took that and ran with it in a slightly different niche. But Andrew, this has been awesome. Thanks for thanks for stopping by. Thanks for hanging out. Um, we should we should do it more often. I feel like it's been uh, it's been years. Probably like FinCon in Dallas. I was like maybe like 2017. It's been it's been a long time. Oh my god! It just makes me feel old. I mean, it was awesome coming on, like catching up with you even before the show. We should definitely do it again. And I'm just glad that you're still doing it. I kind of regret stopping LMM, but uh, you you built quite a tidy business for yourself. I can't complain. I can't complain. Well, Andrew, uh, thanks again. Uh, getlasso.co. That's the affiliate yep. link management plugin. Giftlab.co. You can check out all of the uh, gift content ideas for the uh, dolphin lovers and dog moms in your life over there. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Show up every day and don't give up. There's a niche for it. There's 28 million people who use Internet Explorer still. So you may be like, ew, that's like a dead thing. But if you could help 1% of those people, you have a massive business. So just niche down and start. The best time was yesterday, but today is also good. And today is also good. Keep showing up. Like we talked about, it's that infinite game where, you know, just just keep at it. If you're, if you're playing it right, eventually people start to link to you. Eventually the uh, traffic starts to uh, tilt your way. So I uh, appreciate you stopping by. Again, if you don't have a website of your own yet, sidehustlewebsite.com is the place to go. That's my free guide on how to get yourself online quickly and affordably. If you do have your site, make sure to stop by the show notes for this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash gift lab to grab my uh, three quick website optimizations that you can make for more traffic and conversions on your site. Again, sidehustlenation.com slash gift lab for that or through the episode uh, or through the link in the episode description of your podcast app. Big thanks to Andrew for stopping by, for sharing his insight. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Is there a more dreaded question than what's for dinner? Meal planning and eating well to hit your nutrition goals doesn't have to be complicated. Our sponsor, Factor, makes it easy by sending delicious, ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals right to your door. Every week, you've got over 35 different menu options to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie options, and more. Some personal favorites of ours so far have been the garlic mushroom chicken thighs and the Indian butter tofu. These are restaurant-quality meals ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. It's the perfect easy button solution for busy side hustlers and couples. And it's not just dinner either. Factor has nutrient-packed snacks, smoothies, breakfasts, and more. And hey, plans change, which is why you can scale up or down your meals or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. 
Head to factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 and use code sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. That's code sidehustle50 at factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Big thanks to Factor for sponsoring the show.